0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is BELIEVE. Whoa, I say that. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Warriors 24-7 Podcast. Solo show here today. It's yours truly, Brandon Cadiz. You can follow me on Twitter at bcadiz0. And make sure to hit follow on the our show podcast network at Warriors247Pod. Well, last time we spoke to you guys, I said that the Warriors would be up 3-1. And they were up 3-1, but they could not close it out at Pfizer form for Game 5. A huge blowout loss. For the Golden State Warriors. And they head back to Chase Center. Tonight. Game 6. Close out game 6. Where the Warriors are an undefeated 4-0. In Chase Center playoff history. It should be a good one tonight. We have plenty to cover in the show. Including the Warriors slow first quarter starts. Game 6 clay. What to expect. After that blowout loss. Can they get to a fast start. All of that on this episode of the Warriors 24-7 Podcast. I am recording this podcast live on the day of Game 6 after the Warriors were blown out in Memphis 134-95. Dub Nation, tonight is the night for the Warriors to try to advance to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2019 and To send those Memphis Grizzlies back to Tennessee. The Warriors can end the Memphis Grizzlies season. But we got to talk about the game 5 blowout. And the first stat to look at is first quarter turnovers. Everyone has pointed out the Warriors slow first quarter start. And the Warriors have played 10 games so far in these playoffs. And they have trailed in 8 out of the 10 games in the first quarter. Now, cause of concern there? Yeah, recently against the Memphis Grizzlies, but overall, in 8 of those 10 games, they actually have a winning record of 5-3 when trailing in the first quarter of playoff games, and those losses came in Game 3 at Denver, Game 2 in Memphis, and Game 5, of course, the most recent game in Memphis, Now, what's to blame with this? We saw a lot of discussion of Stephen Curry not taking his first shot attempt until the six-minute mark of the first quarter. And that is absolutely concerning. Uh, Of course, turnover and the pace of play there. Draymond Green trying to thread the needle. Um, Predetermined passes are what causing... This Warriors team to turn it over here early in the first quarter and we'll dive into those numbers. How are these turnovers going to prevent the Warriors from getting back to the NBA championship? Well, if you want to bet on the Warriors who currently have the best odds at still winning the NBA championship, then you got to check out our sponsors at bet online. Our partners at Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting need and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season NFL futures bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting in your favorite vegas casino and poker games it's super easy to get started so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and on the bet online website currently the warriors the favorite bet on to win the nba title plus 200 with the phoenix suns right behind at plus 275 and the milwaukee bucks at plus 400 followed by the miami heat at plus 450 to close out the top four what a game last night between the phoenix suns and the dallas mavericks Luka Doncic and the mavericks forcing a game seven back in phoenix arizona Back to the Warriors now, though, getting to those turnover margins in the first quarter. Now, in Game 1 against the Memphis Grizzlies, the Warriors had four first-quarter turnovers. Game 2, they had six, then seven in Game 3, six in Game 4, and four in Game 5. The total turnovers in that game... Going game by game again, 18 in game one, also 18 in game two, 16 in game three, 16 in game four, and rounding out in that blowout loss, 22 turnovers in total in game five. And at the end of the first half for the Warriors, they were at 14 turnovers already. In that blowout loss, I know these are numbers that you throw away. These are numbers that you flush down the toilet, as Mike Brown said after the game in trying to bounce back and just take this game away. This is a game where you burn the tape, right? There's that first quarter start there that you like to look at. But other than that, the Warriors, especially in that second quarter, Draymond Green had back-to-back turnovers where the Warriors were able to push it to single digits. And then heading into halftime, they were down by 20. Back-to-back turnovers, a key three-pointer there. The Warriors were pushing the pace there in the end of the second quarter. Where at the first half of that second quarter, second quarter ended very poorly. Now, Draymond Green... Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr., the duo. This Memphis Grizzlies team is totally different. Draymond Green said it in the Draymond Green podcast following the Game 5 loss. And how can you not agree with him? The Warriors, coming into that game, they were talking a lot of smack. Steph Curry said, whoop that trick um, in that ESPN to either Kendra or Malika Andrews. I forgot which one. But Steph Curry said... The game plan was to whoop that trick, and Memphis, I believe, took that very personally. They came out blazing in that first quarter. The Warriors could not find a shot early on. Klay Thompson, though, had a really good game, and I tweeted that out right before the game started that I believe Clay was going to bounce back, and we'll get into the game six Clay numbers a little later on. Last week with Javi on the podcast, we talked about the Aquaman stephen adams being an x-factor he led the league in offensive rebounds and an offensive rebound percentage and ever since he started in game four and game five those old boards have gone to the memphis grizzlies game four let's take a look at stephen adams's numbers 10 points 15 boards 60 rebounds in 27 minutes Game five, of course, 21 minutes played. Of course, it was a blowout. Rescue starters smart on Taylor Jenkins. Seven points for Steven Adams. 13 rebounds and also six offensive boards. And Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. were just clogging the paint every time Draymond Green had the ball. It was predetermined thread the needle passes. He was like a quarterback out there that... Wasn't looking in the opposite direction. Everyone knew that someone was going to backdoor cut. Steph was going to cut down low. Whatever the action was, it was not working. And Draymond kept on trying to feed it again and again and again. And as a Bay Area sports fan, it reminded me of Jimmy Garoppolo this entire season. If a read's not there, don't pass the ball. And Draymond Green being stubborn, that's what he did. And I hope... That after he recorded that podcast there, he told himself that I can't do that because if he continues to come out in game six and the Warriors turn it over at the pace that they are in the first quarter, they're going to be trailing again. And that's my key to the game for tonight. The Warriors need to be up in the first quarter. And I know some of you are saying might be saying, Brandon, hey, you got to chill. It's only the first quarter. They've been able to win games after trailing. I mean, only 45 seconds. That's the number. 45 seconds was the number the Warriors led in game four of the series. And what are they going to do to try to contest Steven Adams? Draymond Green, given all that space, he needs to take a shot. And we've said this all season long. Draymond said it himself um after that play-in game in the loss against Memphis where we remember how he smoked that easy layup to try to send the game into overtime and Draymond needs to shoot the three ball when you're given all that space all that time in the world you have time to set your feet look straight to the basket and be a threat there from the three-point line and I think Draymond Draymond did try to do that actually in game five we saw him take an early three-pointer and he missed it did not continue to shoot it at all from the three-point line it was the predetermined passes that we like to say so Draymond needs to continue to shoot that open three ball but you're on the flip side though if Draymond continues to shoot the three ball openly knowing how poor of a shooter he is from that range then doesn't that fall into the Memphis Grizzlies game plan and I think it's the couch 22 I think if you hit the big three for Draymond Green early on That's like a six-point swing, right? Like the Warriors, after a Draymond Green three-pointer, they get pumped up. Draymond himself gets pumped up, and I think it helps the defense to play more intensely. You know what Draymond Green does on the defensive side, but if he gets it going offensively, that translates to the defensive side, and that helps the team out. Now, a lot of blame on uh, Mike Brown the past couple of games. You saw that blowout loss. You saw them trailing and eventually winning it at the end. Steve Kerr is not scheduled to come back for tonight in game six. And Anthony Slater this morning said that's how it's looking like. We'll see if anything changes. I doubt that. You need to test positive two times before being cleared similar to the players. Steve Kerr has not done that from the last report that we heard. A lot of storylines here tonight. But we got to focus on this one. And a lot of jokes were running of if the Sacramento Kings made the right decision, are they going to resend really their offer? And man, one of those fake tweet accounts on Twitter, similar to Ball Sack Sports, said, hey, um, after being hired two days ago, Mike Brown, 0-2 now, um, hasn't coached a single game for the Sacramento Kings, has been fired, and all the memes going around. But getting back to the point, I don't think Mike Brown deserves all of the blame, but in game five, there was some that you're like, hey, Mike, you can call a timeout here and there. He was asking for opinions from Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green, I heard, of when to call a timeout, and that was going around, and you know, Mike Brown, I wish him the best in Sacramento, but there's some concern here. You got to call timeouts on those runs. And I'm not telling how, What am I to say, right? I haven't coached a single game in the NBA. I haven't even coached a single game at the youth level. But I played ball too. And I got to understand that if a team is struggling, regroup and try to um, get your team rolling. And Mike Brown didn't do that. The Memphis Grizzlies are such a different team without John Morant. Twenty-one and six. We know the record. That ball is swinging left to right, down low, high low actions, cutting to the basket. Uh, the rule man. This team is playing so different without John Morant and more, more hands on the ball. John Morant, a lot of ISO drive to the lane. You know. Do that acrobatic little flip, get the and one, try to get to the free throw line, but the ball is swinging and Desmond Bain has been on a heater recently as well, shooting it very well across this playoff series, but recently in game uh, number four and five, Bain had eight points, but was two for four from beyond the arc in game four, but Desmond Bain in game five, 21 points, four of six from beyond the arc, six of 12 overall shooting and also this memphis grizzlies defense has gone to another level ever since they have inserted tyus jones into the lineup 19 points six rebounds five assists on eight of 18 shooting in game number four for tyus jones and in the most recent game jones also had 21 points on four of seven from beyond the arc the grizzlies were hitting threes unlike any other game of this series you know we saw jaron jackson jr hit those big early three pointers John moran early on in the series force the non-shooters to shoot threes and they were making them credit to that and a lot of people were saying that that is not going to continue well look at the box scores memphis has continued to shoot well from beyond the arc, except for that one game where everyone was shooting poorly, where the Warriors were shooting poorly and the Grizzlies were shooting uh, poorly. That was an anomaly to this series. Memphis has shot the three ball well, and it's especially because they are swinging the ball inside and out, getting good looks for their shooters, having to respect the big man in Jaron Jackson Jr., And Triple J has started to figure it out. 33 points in Game 4 on an effective 10 of 18 shooting. 21 points, 8 boards in Game 5. His numbers so far in the last two games shooting from beyond the arc, 10 of 14. Man, he is seeing the basket. Whether it's those easy little floater shots... Down inside in the paint that no one has the answer to. He's driving into the lane as the defender's on his hip. He rises up perfectly at the correct time. They're not predetermined. The Warriors' motion offense currently right now is predetermined. And we have to be able to step away from that. How do you do that? More pick and roll, please. Between Steph Curry and Draymond Green. That not only helps Steph Curry to get going early on and get his own shot Steph I think was shooting over 60% on his twos right now we've seen Steph drive into the lane be able to finish get and one tough shots that were the vintage Steph Curry he's not going to blow past these big man like Stephen Adams or even Jaron Jackson Jr. especially because he doesn't have that quick first step as he used to this Golden State Warriors team is old and we have to admit that but at the same time go with what you're good at don't try to shine away from the uh from from things that are going good right Steph is being able to drive into the lane continue to do that but also you got to switch it up when things aren't going well and let's go back to that pick and roll Steph is going to get going early but it also helps Draymond Green to not stand out at the three-point line and be easily defended by his man and trying to force him into those three pointers or um, set the screen handoff coming off the screen on the floppy actions either Steph clay or Jordan pool and we'll get into the Jordan pool a little later in this show but that gets Draymond going inside and being able to make more crisp passes not predetermined passes and that's the word of the day predetermined if you're playing a game at home Uh, Take a shot for every time I say predetermined. I guarantee you, you won't make it through this entire podcast. Warriors also had a lot of open looks in game five that they weren't hitting. Steph Curry even had open three-pointers that he would normally make. And things just weren't going well for the dubs. Those offensive rebounds early on seemed to stifle the any momentum that the Warriors would have off misses by Steven Adams or Jaron Jackson Jr. They'd grab that board and be able to get it on up. And another adjustment I'd like to see the Warriors make today is to not start Jonathan Kaminga. The, the past two games, hey, he's a 19 or 20-year-old rookie. We saw him make flashes early in the regular season uh, close it out had a great season for the youngster not taking that away from jonathan Kaminga. we know the electricity that he can bring into the lineup and i was one of those fans and analysts that said hey we need more jonathan Kaminga minutes and it was bursts of these minutes that were effective off the bench as a starter i just don't think he has the same effectiveness if he comes off in bursts like five to ten minutes off of the bench, and I think he can really impact this series. He's that spark guy, and you hopefully don't play him when you're down. You play him in situations that, hey, If you get like a turnover, back-to-back turnovers, hey, JK, come into the game. Let's try to help it out here and try to provide this spark. Let's draw up a play for you. Let's do a little pick and roll here, uh, cut to the basket and get an alley-oop. It's those type of plays in the playoffs that really spark your team. And hopefully this Chase Center crowd tonight feeds off that energy and gives the Warriors some some momentum uh, against the Grizzlies. So my point here is that Don't start Jonathan Kaminga. Go with the money time lineup that has worked in that Denver series early on. Early on in this series, Jordan Poole off the bench was amazing. The first three games of this series, Jordan Poole 31 points, 20 points, 27 points, and even in game four had 14 points. Jordan Poole has to get back to himself of not over dribbling make things more simple for him. Take one, two, three dribbles, pass it if you need to, right? Don't try to generate offense from yourself. And I think going with a pick and roll is going to help simplify things. I'm not saying get rid of the motion offense entirely for the game, but throw in more pick and rolls, go to eight or 10 plays tonight, doing that pick and roll action and see what happens. It could open up shooters in the corner. And A key for tonight, too, is if Otto Porter Jr. is healthy. And for OPJ, he was listed as questionable early this morning with right foot soreness. And of course, Andre Iguodala, as we expected, will be out for the remainder of this series. The Warriors were forced to play Nemanja Bielitsa in the second half of Game 5. And Mike Brown said, why did he put Bielitsa? A lot of people also questioned that move by him. It was to try to spark something with Otto Porter Jr. out. He's a big man that can space the floor, but is absolutely a defensive liability. Now... Are the Warriors going to stick with their game plan and just add that pick and roll? Or are they going to switch things up drastically? Are you going to see more Nemanja Bielitsa minutes? Are you going to see Juan Toscano Anderson see some more runtime? Is Damian Lee going to go back to the bench and get a DNP? Who knows? And if you completely change your entire game plan, is that giving up? And showing that you're scared to the Memphis Grizzlies, how much of a change can you make in the playoffs? And I don't think it as a veteran coach like Mike Brown, I don't think he's going to make that drastic of changes. He's been in the playoffs before. He knows what it takes to bounce back wipe away flush it down the toilet type of game and i think the warriors pick and roll is gonna be the number one key here tonight And draymond green's ability to be a threat we say it all playoff series long draymond has said him himself so i put so i hope he puts his words into action tonight to help this warriors team win But if you've stayed for this long on this podcast, this podcast today is for you, the listeners. This is for Dub Nation. I'm trying to just air out everyone's feelings, the animosity for tonight, the confidence, the panic level. All these emotions come in as the Warriors, again, try to head to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2019, where they were in the finals, of course, against the Toronto Raptors. We have to analyze game six, Clay. This is for you, Dub Nation. And in last week's epi- episode, I still have the numbers here. In the first two games against the Memphis Grizzlies, Clay only shooting 28% from the field and 22% from beyond the arc. 13.5 points still for Clay Thompson. And we remember that one game the Warriors were coming off of 18 turnovers and 18% shooting from beyond the arc. That was after game two but since then games 3 to 5 clay has continued to show improvement 18.6 rebounds and two assists is what clay thompson is averaging now in games 3 to 5 45% shooting from the field and 36% shooting from beyond the arc now let's take a look at the numbers here and go game by game for clay thompson in his game six excellence now before i do that his overall numbers of game six clay since 2016 and this is going all the way back the latest was may 28th 2016 warriors down 3-1 of course against the oklahoma city thunder and in game six clay erupted for 41 points four rebounds 14 of 31 from the field And that was an NBA record, uh, three-pointers there in the playoffs, going 11 for 18. If I remember correctly for Klay Thompson, I don't know if that record's broken now, but I remember that was a record at that time for Klay, 11 of 18. Was that record in the playoff game or was it for an elimination game? It doesn't matter. It just shows how good Klay is when the game is on the line. And also, 2016 clay thompson game six against the cleveland cavaliers 25 points there in that contest we fast forward to 2018 against the houston rockets the warriors win that game 115 to 86 clay had 35 points 13 of 23 from the field and we all remember game six clay thompson against the toronto raptors we were about to witness another great comeback there Klay Thompson was leading the squad. 30 points for Klay in that contest. Man, it just pains me to see and look back at that game um, as I prepared for this podcast. 4 of 6 from beyond the arc. The Warriors, again, were so close in coming back in that contest. And we should see and expect Game 6 Clay, because he was, he was hitting shots early on against the Memphis Grizzlies and he finished the night in Game 5. The leading scorer for the Warriors with 19 points, 7 of 12 from the field, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc. He was their best player, but also had the worst plus minus at minus 45. Klay Thompson with 25 minutes in the last contest. The game plan is simple here for the Warriors tonight, is make adjustments for whatever Memphis throws at you. Hey, they can throw a wrench in this game like Taylor Jenkins. We know the reputation taylor jenkins has so far trying to you know blame jordan Poole for that injury try to th- throw anything at the warriors team to try to disrupt them whether it's on the court or off the court and one thing i would not be surprised of is if taylor jenkins comes out today and says box and one box and one that shooter up top whether it's jordan Poole or steph curry force that double team, try to force it to a game seven. Their season is on the line again here tonight and we saw how aggressive Memphis was. And especially now on the road, they're gonna come with an even bigger chip on their shoulder. The same can be said for the Golden State Warriors. They were about to be the team with the worst playoff loss in NBA history. They were down at 55 points at one point. Cut the loss down to 39. Shout out to the greatest garbage man, points patter, stat patter, and Jonathan Kaminga. He always does good in garbage minutes. But that's besides the point. Box and one. If that happens, you got to credit me here tonight because I think Taylor Jenkins has something up his sleeve. Also, what are the X-Factors for the Memphis Grizzlies? Continue to force pressure on on draymond green continue to use stephen adams and jaron jackson jr down low and be a matchup problem for the warriors bigs one thing you can't do tonight if you're the golden state warriors is play two non-shooters right next to each other draymond green and kevon looney if Otto porter jr is in tonight i would not be shocked if he starts and jordan Poole still comes off the bench the warriors can go money time lineup again like i said with the three guards or they can stick with Stephen Clay and Otto Porter Jr. in the lineup. We'll see what Mike Brown says tonight, and we'll see if Otto Porter Jr. is even available. He's going to be key without him and without Gary Payton in The Warriors have a tough task tonight. Of course, eight and a hook is the spread here tonight for the Golden State Warriors. Eight and a half point favorites at home at the Chase Center, and that happens with a fast start in the first quarter quarter as well if the Warriors can't stop the inside well let's attack the outside person the leader of this new revamped Memphis Grizzlies lineup without John Morant that we've seen in this playoffs the head guy is Tyus Jones and his defense has been amazing in this series And ever since he's come in, he's gone through the motions of being able to help the team swing the ball, push the pace on the Warriors. In transition, the Warriors are cooked. C-O-O-K-E-D. Cooked. And you cannot turn it over as much as you did throughout the series that you've been doing so far. And early on, it was because Memphis wasn't capitalizing on the turnovers. Memphis now is doing that. Tyus Jones is the lead man, being able to get it down low into the post, make that extra hockey pass. The Warriors are getting beat by their own game plan. It's a copycat league. The Warriors used to swing the ball a lot more, going cross court passes, right? Going to the other side and swinging it over to the other. And with the turnovers that they have, they got to play it a little more safe tonight. Again, Go with that, pick and roll. And tonight is a big game. But I predict that the Warriors close it out at Chase Center tonight. And, you know, they'll be waiting on whoever wins Game 7 against the Dallas Mavericks and Phoenix Suns. I think this Warriors team is just too good to force a Game 7 against. Right? No disrespect to the Memphis Grizzlies because I think they need to be given even more credit with how they have operated three quarters of the season in the regular season without John Moran, and also in these playoffs without John Moran. This Grizzlies team is special, and so many people are afraid to say that they are better without John Moran. When you look at the numbers and the graphic they had, and I'm sure they'll pull out the graphic here tonight, on ESPN or on ABC or on TNT or wherever they're showing it, the Grizzlies' defense gets slightly better and their offense takes a five-point swing. But looking at the numbers in on the defensive side with this lineup without John Moran, it's only a little bit of a difference when you're looking at it on paper. But when you're doing the eye test and you're watching the contest, you can see how big... Of a factor it is with Tyus Jones in the lineup and how big the defense gets right down low with job or excuse me with Jaron Jackson Jr. and with Steven Adams. And when you have the perimeter guys of Desmond Bain out there, even Dylan Brooks, you know, not helping on offense, but on the defensive side, can't deny Dylan Brooks being a stopper there. And Desmond Bain as well. Grizzlies are well-rounded team. And especially coming off the bench, the rookie, Zaire Williams. He has hit some big, big shots throughout this series out of Stanford. And he has the confidence that looks like a veteran. And another guy that played four seasons, we saw them at Chase Center uh, out of Arkansas. M- Moses Moody has not been used throughout this series i don't know if that's another wrench that the warriors can throw into this contest hey if taylor jenkins goes boxing one maybe moses moody comes in because he's a rookie that plays like a veteran throughout the entire season more composed i feel like in this playoff situation compared to jonathan kaminga jk only of course played with the g league ignite we've seen moses moody be in the ncaa tournament play these big type of games Of course, I'm not saying a tournament game in college is the same as a playoff game. All I'm saying is that I think Moses Moody can handle the situation better. And I think if it's a game of throwing wild cards, Warriors can combat that too with whatever Taylor Jenkins throws. The home crowd, if you're going to the game tonight, listen to this podcast get pumped. Rock the house there at Dub Nation. Come on. If you're going to the game at Chase Center, make it as loud as you can. And a lot of people still comparing it to Oracle. Let's stop doing that. Chase Center is its own beast. We're only four games in. This is about to be the fifth game of the young Chase Center career in the playoff atmosphere. All I can say is go Dubs. And until next week, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I truly appreciate it. And hopefully, the next time I talk to you, we are in the Western Conference Finals. You can follow me on Twitter at bcadiz0, that's B-C-A-D-I-Z-0. Follow our podcast network at Warriors24pod and the specific show at Warriors247pod. Thanks for tuning in, and of course, our show is presented by Bet Online.